0: It's a really telltale sign that something is wrong from a company, culture, and leadership when people start copying everybody on the emails.
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, so this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the producers of the show, and we're here, as always, with Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how are you doing? today, man?
0: Bombed, ready to go, super excited.
1: I am excited to dive into this particular topic, Sangram. We're going to be talking about the two different responses that we have as humans to pretty much every situation in life. And as you and I were talking about this offline, you were talking about how, how we either operate out of love or we operate out of fear. We react out of love or we react out of fear. Can you talk to us a little bit at a high level? Kind of why is this something that you wanted to unpack today on the show?
0: Absolutely, man. I think last time we talked about a topic that was very near and dear to me. I think we kind of, I personally feel like I opened up quite a bit on that. And the response was really interesting that people really wanted to hear more about these life situations, because we can talk about marketing and sales every day. And we talk about that every day, pretty much on this daily podcast. But once a week, I think you and I are starting to recognize that we have more to offer and people want to hear more on the personal side, because at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love that. Yeah. So I think the last time we talked more about giving up versus letting go. And and that was a really, really interesting one. And and I think I'm realizing more and more that I personally, when I really ask the question, what did I do or why did I do? What did I do? Why did I do? What do I do? Like in all those things, it comes down to did I, it always feels like I'm either, either I acted out of fear or I acted of pure passion and love for the problem, uh, so I, I thought we would just talk about that today. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so let's let's dive into what fear-driven action looks like. Again, we we're talking in in talking through this offline. One one way that fear-driven action ends up showing itself is kind of this check the box. We have to do everything right and perfect. Elaborate on on this one for us.
0: Yeah, man. I think the the idea when, when I think about when I have personally acted out of fear is that I just want to check the box. You know, as an example, could be let's say you're in a in a marketing. You're right now in the marketing conference season. So if somebody's listening to that, yeah, maybe you got the booth right, maybe you got the design right, maybe you got everything right, and you've checked all the boxes. Essentially, we act to make sure we don't get fired. And and to me, that's like acting out. That that's you know, if you want to really find out how are you acting, if you're still questioning that, I think it will be: Are you checking the boxes? or are you at the end of the day? Figuring out if I do these things, then my boss will be happy, my manager will be happy, my peers would be happy, and I won't get fired. And I feel like a lot of people do what they do, and they're quite honestly checking the box because the to-do list is so long that they are afraid to stop and think or reduce the number of things to do and do something different. they're just checking the box every single day.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I know that I would I don't know that I ever would have articulated it in a way that that's that fear is the root of that. But it absolutely makes sense. This next one, Sangram, you talk about being rooted in a lack of trust. Can you explain this one?
0: Oh, man, I think everybody can relate to this one where, you know, have you seen emails where everybody in the in the company or every, you know, five more people who are totally unrelated? You don't even have to talk to them, but they're copied on an email or your team is getting copied on the, the email every single time you do something. And and that's like an immediate gut check. If you're a manager, if you are that person today, and I have been that person, so none of this is kind of preaching i'm really self-reflecting i've done that where i would i was so afraid in in one of the jobs i used to do where i was like i want to tell everybody what i do every single day so i would try to send an update to everyone or i would do a few things and talk about it four more times than i actually did so i'm always trying in many times i've always tried to like make sure that people know what i'm doing and it was because I had this lack of trust and lack of confidence and fear that people don't know what I'm doing. So what will happen to me? And and it's it's a really telltale sign that something is wrong from a company, culture and leadership when people start copying everybody on the emails.
1: Yeah. it's really, I mean, based in what sounds like a pretty deep insecurity that You're not sure going kind of back to the first one, like, oh, my gosh, like I'm I'm afraid I'm going to get fired or afraid I'm afraid I'm not going to be seen as someone that is productive. And, And out of that insecurity, you end up taking action that ends up annoying a lot of people in the end. But it isn't. Isn't good for anybody. It's not good for anybody in the organization, yourself, or the people that you're trying to impress. Yes, yeah, in
0: uh, fact, you know, James, you know, to that point, you would see people not respond. And if you, you know, when when people do that, what I've also seen is people stop responding, people stop stop saying good job, or people stop saying anything to you. And I think that's a telltale sign for you to realize: well, wait a minute, maybe maybe I need to stop sending these kind of unnecessary, unwarranted, not asked for updates and instead of showing myself as someone who's doing the job, I'm showing myself, as you exactly said, insecure around my own things. Rather, people hired you because you're the best at whatever you do. And if you're insecure, maybe that's a conversation you do have one-on-one with your manager, as opposed to trying to copy everybody and make them all recognize that you are insecure.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. This uh, this next one is interesting. It's activity-focused versus vision-focused. And this being, again, the third action that we take that's out of fear and. Stuff. Of out of love. Can you talk to us about this one?
0: Absolutely, man. And it really does go back to check the box and lack of trust. The idea when there is, you know, all of us have a to do list. And if you go back and look at your to do list today, I mean, that's one of the things that I love for everybody to do today is go back and lo- look at the list of things that you have to do. If the list says things like talk to person X to get approval to do Y, or it says that go talk to, you know, somebody else to do something, or you finish this report and send a status update. If those are the type of activities that you have on your list, then that's an activity driven life. And, and it's, it's honestly, it's a fear based life because of course you need to do certain things. But if none of this, that to do list, if none of the activities that you have listed out for you to do today says figure out the problem or figure out the solution or learn more about X, Y, and Z or something that totally prize you to get into the deepness of whatever that you're trying to do in your company, to take your company, take your department, take the person that you're working with to the next level. If none of that exists in your activity and it's all about like point solution activity, I think that is a telltale sign for a fear-based culture or fear-based action because you're really not thinking beyond today. hmm
1: uh-huh. No, I I love that. So to look at kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, now that we've unpacked the three ways that we act out of fear, let's go over to the other side of the fence where we're looking at, okay, what does love-driven action look like? And we've got a few examples that we're going to unpack here. The The first thing that we're going to compare it to is like parents with their kids. Talk to us about this one.
0: Absolutely, man. So, I mean, obviously, this is the fun part. Now that we have put the the fear of everything in everybody's heart, hopefully everybody's listening, like, hopefully there is some light at the end of the <laughs> This is not a dark podcast. It's supposed to really inspire. So I think the reason James and I wanted to cover the fear before love is because it really roots you and grounds you into, like... Oh, maybe I am that or maybe somebody on your team is acting like that and they need help or you need help. that That's really our goal. The love driven one. Obviously, I'm, we're, we're super passionate about it. And being a parent, I think that's the first thing that I compare to, which is. You know, when, as as a parent, I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, Krish and Kiara, and and when Krish or Kiara, when they fell down, we would pick them up. Or when they even swung, you know, the bat, like, you know, I remember the first game that I went for Krish, he tried to swing it and it didn't connect. The ball just went like, you know, just past him. And I still cheered. And I said, great job. Now do it again,
1: right? Yeah,
0: so, yeah. You know, we, we as parents are the perfect example of love driven, like nothing in the world that he can do or she, she can do that will ever make me feel anything different than, than love. And I will always be trying to help. So I feel when you take that to the business side of the house, it's really a teamwork where everybody on your team feels like they are part of the team. They're not acting in isolation. They're not doing some things in their own lives. A work that is so isolated from everybody else, everybody feels they are part of the team. And that's what the yeah. really means.
1: Yeah, that idea of constantly being someone's cheerleader, regardless of whether they they swing and miss. And not to say that we're cheerleading without, you know, without correction or without things that this isn't the fluffy hour. We're not just trying to make people feel good about themselves. But I think when you when you operate out of love and you're someone's cheerleader, encouragement is something that I'm extremely passionate about, because what I've found with encouragement is that when you call out the good, you start to see those good things more. So if I see that someone is patient, or I see that someone is thoughtful, and I call those things out, they're going to be more patient. They're going to be more thoughtful. And so in doing that, even even when some correction needs to be made, I always I always try to lead with with encouragement. So in talking, kind of relating that back to your team and how that you know what that looks like in a work setting, I think if you know it may it may seem tough to find that thing that you can encourage in someone around you, but if you think about it for a little bit. I would imagine that there's something there that that person's doing that, that you could speak into and and see them kind of expand doing that awesome thing, doing it even more if you just call it out. So the second one that we're going to talk about, Sangram, is this idea of friends for life. Can you elaborate on this one?
0: Absolutely, and I love what you just said, James, because I think that is at the crux of it. Is that how do you find that one gift that either you have or your team has, and just make sure that they focus on the gift. You get them on those friends. So it's really important. And I think that's how some of your friends are. And hopefully you have those kind of friends. And if not, you need to get new friends yeah. to, to help you out there. But there are friends that have stuck with me, a, a, you know, just through the bad times and the good times. And I hear from more from them when things are bad then things are, when things are good, I sometimes, like, I feel like when things are really good, I don't hear from some of these friends. But when I'm, when things are tough, they will check on me and they they will say, hey, how are you doing? And they will come by and stop by and have more text and more conversations. And that's the kind of friends, that's kind of mentorship, that's kind of work that we want to have is need people to support you when you're down, not to be down, but to support you. And I think love-driven culture or love-driven team is, is really all about that is do you have friends at work. We, we spend so much of our time at work, more time at work than, than with your families, quite honestly. Like you better love the people you work with. Otherwise it will be super miserable.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. All right. So this third example of love-driven action, Sangram, is, is related directly to marketing and sales. Can you, can you explain this one?
0: Absolutely, man. And people have heard probably us talking about this idea of one team. And that's something that is really, really core to how you create a culture of one team, because nobody wants to be one person. Everybody wants to be one team. And really... Unpack that, James. I think what happens is marketing and sales. And, if, and that's majority of the people who listen to this podcast today. If you're in and quite honestly, I think everybody's in marketing and sales, like regardless of what you do, like you are marketing something or selling something internally or externally. So it's really important to recognize that great leadership happens when you're all coming together and figuring out the solution to the problem and let the best ideas come to life. It doesn't happen when you are the only person with the ideas or you're the only person who does all the work. You have to come in as a team. So uh, so I'm big on uh, one team idea. I think one team creates more love because everybody wants to part, be part of a community. A, they want to all try to solve a problem and everybody in some way, shape or form contributes to it. So together we are better than individuals. And that's something that I think Love Driven Culture really, really
1: supports. I love it. I love it. So to kind of wrap these up, Sangram, talk at a high level, kind of the the difference that you see in both of these.
0: All right. So if if people are kind of listening and figuring out which camp do you fall in today, and it's not black and white. Some days in some actions, we could be on fear-driven and some days in some actions are love-driven. I think recognizing what is what is the most important thing because that's when change happens. To wrap it up, I feel like we can, if if I have to summarize it, I would say in a fear-driven world, in a fear-driven action, a fear-driven culture, you're always playing the short game, which means focused on very short-term goals and you're trying to either please others, please your manager, and you're absolutely terrified of taking risk. And that's the reality of it. You are checking the box. Whereas in a love-driven culture, in a love-driven team, in a love-driven environment, you're always playing the long game, which means you take risk. You're happy about taking risk, and people around you want you to take risk, and you're not afraid to fail because failing is just part of the journey. So the question is, and maybe a short way to kind of think about this is that, what are you doing? Are you playing a short game, which is looking at the daily list and just taking the actions that needed to be done for tomorrow? Or are you playing a long game? Or you, is your team playing the long game, which means they're taking risk, and you have projects and initiatives that are, quite frankly, terrifying that, wow, this might actually Fail. And that's when you know that you have created a love driven culture.
1: I love it. I love it. So, Sangram, we've been ending these episodes with a challenge. What is the challenge that you have for listeners in this one?
0: All right, man. So, the challenge uh, is this we have been getting really good feedback on on this part because we don't want these podcasts to be preachy or something we just talk about and then we are off. We want you to take action. We want you to do something, a change, a small change. Doesn't really matter how big or small. The small change today really makes our like it it makes us i think both of us feel fulfilled yeah absolutely so really today you have a choice you have a choice to make today you can choose as you maybe you're listening right now going to work or coming back from the work or in your know, gym whatever it, you know maybe you have a choice where you can walk in your office today or walk you know in your home today and do the chores of just going to the motions of life and and figuring, doing the to-do list of whatever that is. Or you kind of take a step back and choose love and then truly give everything you have, everything you have. You pour yourself into whatever the problem is, whatever the solution is, throw away the to-do list and just focus on the problem today. And that might be, you know, falling in love with the work or the people at work or falling in love again with your family and being present with them today and, and spending that, time that is totally, totally important. But choose, you know, it's a choice. It's not something you have to do. Nobody's asking you to do that. But if you choose to do that, you will see the difference. If nothing else, I think we can guarantee that you will sleep well at night when you choose love driven over fear driven.
1: I love it. Sangram, this has been fantastic as always. If you are listening to this and you have not already left a review, we love getting reviews in Apple podcasts. It helps us stay at the top of the iTunes charts. And so head over, leave a review and make sure to subscribe to the show if you're not already doing that as well. Thank you so much for listening. And Sangram, you're, You are the man. Thank you so much for joining.
0: Hey, man. Thank you so much. Let's do it. Awesome.
1: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.